you're born, you make choices, then you're here. Sometimes I can still feel where my tail used to be. Can you lube my pussy up with kimchi juice before you fucking... I am not helping you unless you use nice words. It's beef. Welcome to the Center Cut. I'm Danny. Hi, David. I am Michael. Or Amy, I guess. And we're about to beef. Michael, Doritos are not dessert. Fight me. They are a dessert. Nope. But I am too tired to fight David. I have COVID for the third damn time. I know this is the best time. This is why I brought this up now. So I I have an upper <sighs> hand. No. How are, how are you feeling? How are you doing? I'm not doing great, uh, but I will survive. I'm I'm pushing on through. So I'm, I apologize if my voice sounds stupid. It's because I am sick. But also, if anybody's Danny, I'm the poor one. I'm Danny. You're the rich one who's still depressed anyway. Come on. I think that my mental struggles align more with Danny than Amy. I am excited to talk about this show, David. I don't want to spoil it. I like it. Yeah. We watched only the first episode and the last episode of Beef on Netflix. That makes some people on Reddit mad. And mm-hmm. we are going to recap those ends and then answer many questions about the middle that we didn't see to try to guess about what happened. Yeah, people were angry about our thing. Well, really only one person and then a yeah, lot it's of really one person that got came to very up in arms about so, it. Thank you, other people. It's fine. We're not for everyone. We get it. Yeah. I mean, Whatever. We're just absorbing this in a different way than other people did. Yep. And spoiler alert, I think we both liked it enough that we're going to be going back and watching the middle anyways. So shut it, because we're giving more shut attention it. to the show that you like. Like, come yeah. on. Beef is a new show that just aired in the beginning of April, only a few weeks ago on Netflix. It's a dark comedy drama that follows two main characters, Danny, played by Stephen Yun, and Amy, played by Ali Wong. The show was created by Korean director Lee Sung Jin, and it's kind of been the talk of Netflix for the last three weeks that it's been out. It was uh, up at number one for quite some time until Love is Blind season four came out. I don't understand Netflix. It's rocking a very solid 98 on Rotten Tomatoes, and as I said before, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's very good. So you're going to need to stop me, Michael. Just let's get into episode one. Yes. Episode one. The birds don't sing. They screech in pain. We open to Danny, played by Stephen Young, having to sit through some inane small talk while he waits in line at Forster's, an upscale Home Depot-type place, to try to return a bunch of hibachi grills and a carbon monoxide detector. Anyway, he doesn't have a receipt, so no dice. Mm -hmm. He's back in his truck with all his buys, angry as hell. He even gets mad trying to put on his seatbelt. Bro, I feel you. That's why I bought this. I bought this thing on Amazon that you could clip into your thing to turn off the belt sensor. It was like four bucks. Easy peasy. Best decision I ever made. No, <sighs> they can't sell it as that, though. They have to sell it as like a bottle opener because it's illegal. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it's for putting into your the seatbelt thing. It, it's it's into to put the, into yeah. the lock so that your so car doesn't yell it. at you yeah so it tricks it into thinking there's a belt in there yep so that way you don't have to wear a seat belt correct you're an asshole <laughs> i hate you so much you're lucky that uh, kids don't listen to our show <laughs> or they shouldn't be if they are but that's the worst it's four bucks the best money i ever spent no it's the worst <laughs> that you 
just have a total disregard for your own safety. I hope you get launched through a windshield. <laughs> We're going to have so much beef by the end of this episode. I swear to God. He tries to back up without looking, mind you, and has to stop quick to avoid hitting a Mercedes. The Mercedes lays on their horn for like 10 seconds, just an excessive <laughs> amount of time. It was very good. And then finally pulls forward, stops for a second, and then the still unseen driver flips him the bird. He thinks for a second, and then road rage chase is on. Oh, yeah. He is just fully on tilt immediately, veering around traffic, speeding through neighborhoods, and yet he still can't catch up. He's just had enough. This is the, this is the final straw. Yep. The Mercedes starts tossing drinks back at him, and... <laughs> Eventually, he cuts over a flower deck median to cut her off, but the Mercedes flips around and then acts like it's going to slam into his side in reverse. He recoils like a little baby, which is great. Mm -hmm. It stops just in time, does a little honk, and then speeds off. I promise that I did not do that scene any justice. It's actually like heart pounding and crazy. Like it's a pretty good action scene. Yeah, it's pretty great. The part where he just like runs over a whole front yard. <laughs> and then when the other car backs over a plant, he's like real cool. And it's yeah. like you just drove through their whole garden. <laughs> Danny tracks her license plate as she heads off 7C764F1. And all I could think about was how once when I was I was seven, we went to see fireworks and my dad gave me the important job of remembering where we parked so that he could get high and not have to worry about it. And I still remember we were second in from the flagpole behind a blue Thunderbird with the license plate 787SNK. And if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about me as a person, then I don't know what to tell you, man. Just great. We finally cut to the Mercedes, and it's being driven by a petite Asian-American woman, Amy, played by Ali Wong. And she's jamming out to some O-Town. Respect. <laughs> We get our title card slash art, and it's just a bunch of butchered animals, a.k.a. beef, and then some people doing some shit in the background. I don't know. Mm. The title cards are pretty wild. Yeah, it reminded me of the opening mural in Midsommar, and this is also from A24, so could be a theme. Yeah, that's a good point. Amy's home. She's getting bombarded with group texts. I know the feeling. And we meet her husband, George. He is overbearingly positive, a.k.a. a mega douche. You know the type. He, pro <laughs> he probably bikes in the street, and I bet he only eats the suggested serving size of snacks. Yep. How dare he try and help her manage her anxiety? Well, no, it's... Listen. It's like, hey, I could tell that something's really, really bothering you. And before she starts spiraling, he's just like, listen, it's fine. We just gotta enjoy and be happy for the things we have. You would like this guy. <sighs> I don't like him. I'm okay. just saying, like, this this part of him did not make me immediately hate him. Like, it's, he's just caring He's just caring about her as a husband. I don't know that I would agree with that. Okay. But you can see right away from this interaction that Amy has to feign happy when she's clearly not. Yeah. She feels that she can't express her actual feelings. Right. We also meet their daughter, June, and one of the many ugly-ass vases that George makes. Oh, they're the worst. <laughs> People who make ugly art just need more mean friends who will tell them that their shit's whack. I actually don't know. See, I don't hate the look of them. It's not a it's not a vase. It's not a vase. Yeah. If there's a hole to put one flower in, it's not a vase. Like, stop. <laughs> if this was just art that you put on a table somewhere, it's a centerpiece or whatever. Okay, I, I like it's not my favorite thing, but it's not terrible. But as a vase? Yeah. No. no not no, functional. No, no, no. Not functional. But next, we get some to see some of Danny's life. He's definitely on the lower end of the class seesaw. 
the broke-ass gang to Amy's ritzy yin. He lives with his brother Paul, who is a crypto gamer slash slacker. And we learn in between Danny's angry outbursts that A, he's Korean, and B, his family had a motel but lost it because his cousin Isaac got busted for assuming drugs or later they mentioned like counterfeit baby formula. I don't, yeah, I don't know. So he just sounds like a bad dude all around. <laughs> now him and Paul are supposed to be making money to buy the parents a house. Yes. And then Danny makes Paul give him all his crypto wallet passwords. <laughs> That's identity theft, Daniel. You shouldn't share credentials. <laughs> I think it's like a, I don't know if his parents are like basically requiring him to be Paul's guardian essentially. And he's like trying to like, fill a dad role when he is definitely also has none of his shit together yeah similar to how your dad filled a dad role for you <laughs> but had none of his shit together yeah it's, yeah it's accurate <laughs> uh we see amy at the company she owns koyo house it's like a plant slash pottery place question mark yeah it's just cool stuff and it's now abundantly clear that her best talent is being fake happy yep she is really good at the fake smile oh she has to do it all the time when you have yep. to do something constantly it get good what is it what is it a hundred or a thousand hours is that what it is or ten thousand hours ten thousand hours 10, i think yeah. i would walk 500 <laughs> i would <laughs> smile ten thousand hours smiles. and i would i would smile ten thousand smiles mm-hmm <laughs> Danny's out doing his much scrappier job, doing some handiwork. Sorry, yeah. contracting. Still grousing about the road rage incident, like presumably days later. He's still mad about it. They're quickly painting how he and Amy are complete opposites, but still have a depression connection. Yes. They both have very different mental issues that they have to work through, but it puts them both in this same category of kind of feeling like there's no way out there's no solution yep. it's hopeless life sucks feel you guys oh depression connection is that the name of that's that kermit the frog song right depression connection no. cut the whole thing <laughs> we meet george's mom she's trash and the worst <laughs> at the first part i was like okay george is a little much but like whatever he's just trying to be a decent husband and then he watches his mom fucking stomp all over Amy's fucking shit and says literally nothing. This is when I started hating George. Defend your wife. She's just the worst. But Danny's cousin Isaac is a G. And also those wet potato looking things Danny was eating look pretty good. They look real good. <laughs> they also sounded really, really crunchy. Yeah. The sound and the look did not match up. No, I was like expecting <laughs> it. Like it almost looked like tofu-y kind of. But then he put it in his mouth and it sounded like popcorn and I was confused. <laughs> like it sounded like he was eating a bowl of Cheetos and I was like, what? They're so wet. I appreciate that because that's exactly what I thought. I was like, wow. And it just is... proves how white we are because yep. every person who <laughs> has any Asian descent, I bet, is screaming at their headphones right now. Yeah, they're like, they're flim chits, you fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're fucking Ghibli jabs. I do not know. <laughs> They're definitely not Ghibli jabs or flim chits. Yeah, those would definitely both be white dishes for sure. <laughs> Isaac agrees to give Danny 20K since he feels bad for messing up the motel. Danny deposits it to his crypto account like a buffoon. And you already know where that's going to that where Immediately. that's headed. Yeah. Yeah. Going down, down, down. This is why I think I align more with Danny is his mental struggle is that he doesn't think anything's going to get better. And then he puts in like the very minimum amount of effort and expects everything to change. 
and then when it doesn't, he gets even angrier at the world and even sadder and more depressed. That's my, that's me and my anxiety. I put in the middle amount of effort and expect everything to change, and then it doesn't, and then I get more angry about it. We don't really get to see, I guess, as much of as to what Amy does. Other, yeah, than, in terms of like what she is doing to try and manage yeah. her stuff, other than like putting guns in her in her badge or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Speaking of Amy, her and George are heading to a mushroom dinner with the head of Forsters because they think she's going to buy out Koyo House. Mm-hmm. George's floral sweater that i'm into i like that it's the only thing i like (laughs) yeah i'm not surprised at all danny the next day is in a tree doing tree trimming that he's clearly not qualified for clearly he notes that the crows love him important important for later and yeah he gets spooked when a white car drives by and hawks and he falls out of the tree just narrowly saved by the harness so Danny gets fired, obviously, and his brother Paul takes an Uber home mysteriously instead of leaving with Danny. I don't know why. He just doesn't want to be in Danny's truck, probably. But why? Um, because it's a piece of junk. <laughs> there was one time you dro- drove me to your house from work, and um, I didn't want to be in your truck then. <laughs> okay, that's fair. If it wouldn't have costed a lot of money, I probably would have Ubered there. Wow, okay. The Four Stars mushroom dinner is the food kind, not the cool kind. Womp womp. This fucking dining room they're in, though, is dope as fuck. What's that bubbly stuff they were doing? <laughs> I don't know. It's probably like lavender scented air that's <laughs> infused into bubbles that okay. as they pop it, it creates an aroma that prepares you for the shroom. I like it. Danny's out at a parcel of land that he wants to buy for his parents, calling the realtor to no avail, and he is just stress eating the fuck out of just an impressive amount of Burger King. Dude's like eating like half his weight in some long ass sandwiches. This is also why I align with Danny in in a very real way, is that when I am anxious or sad or depressed, I eat like crazy. Good news for me is that my job and most of my life is is relatively sedimentary, so I have also gained like 70 pounds, which is unfortunate because he looks like he's in great shape, but he busted down like fucking like six burgers and like two drinks in that amount of time. And even a little regurge action doesn't stop him from piling in more fries i thought he was gonna have a little kind of like death scare and like was choking nope just some indigestion but he opens up his crypto wallet and basically all of the 20k has vanished due to market movement yep it's like that south park meme and it's gone yeah it's like 80 85 90 down or something like that gross only invest what you can afford to lose people Fine print. I am not offering investment guidance. Yeah. Okay. At the fungi formal, Amy has to practice that fake smile some more as Jordan from Forsters says some typical white lady shit. Yep. Typical white lady. That night in bed, Amy watches a video on Facebook that somebody's flower cam caught of the road rage, but thankfully nobody knows it was her. Mm. She goes to her safe, but the code's been changed. Silly George. She then goes to sit with June, who is having a nightmare. She talks about her happy place when June was born in a hospital bed, silent, no meetings, no email, no pretending. And that, my friends, is how you set up the close to your season and the final shot. Love it. Mm. Love the show. Trigger warning for suicide stuff. We learn why Danny's been buying all those grills and a carbon monoxide detector. He tries to kill himself, but changes his mind at the last moment. And we know this is not the first time because he's returned the grills like three times. He keeps buying the grills. Not killing himself makes Danny decide to pay $80 to finally find out who the license plate belonged to. I don't know why that led him there, but smart use of the money. 
I, so I think this is this is definitely painting the picture of how and then coming up shortly when Amy kind of has the same feeling as him. They've both kind of gotten to this point where they're just fed up with the current state of their life and make the conscious decision to take things into their own hands to take the reins back. Yep. But they both happen to do that at the same time in their cars at that grocery store or whatever. But that's totally why they're both just like super obsessed with it. It's because like it was that last opportunity for them to regain control of their lives. Right. And they weren't able to because the other person thwarted them. Mm -hmm. At Amy's house, she confronts George for changing the safe code. He says, you know why, which I'm guessing implies that she tried to use the gun for bad stuff before. Yeah, I think so. Based off of his reaction when she was having anxious and stressed thoughts in the beginning of the episode and then his reaction here i'm pretty confident that she potentially tried to commit suicide previously or or got close to it and that's the reason because i think the idea is like he changed the locks as soon as she came home and he saw how stressed and depressed she was yeah i agree so he's just a he's just like a scared significant other yep Danny is en route to Amy's, and the way he keeps saying her address, like, bonhomme, <laughs> it was great. I don't know why. I just thought it was really funny. Yeah, this this show is so odd because it goes back and forth between these very serious, very dark, intense, dark scenes, and then these, like, things that are in there that aren't, they aren't very obvious jokes. It's not like you're watching like Big Bang Theory where it's just like everything Sheldon said is an obvious joke. Just this little, these like little funny things that are built into it that like make you chuckle and you almost feel bad about it because like how serious the the topic and like the material of the show is like you feel you feel weird laughing, but it helps bring some some levity to everything. I, I yeah. enjoy it very much. Yep. While he's driving, Amy snoops to figure out the new safe combo and then starts to get all hot and bothered, sensually rubbing the gun all over her body. She's got that piece right up near her V-hole. She's about to shoot off when stupid Danny arrives. Yeah, she's using the vibration of a dry trigger, I think is what they're called, where you pull the trigger without any ammunition in the chamber. Yeah. (laughs) I'd imagine this is what every girl does with their cell phones at some point. Okay. Gotta be. Danny plays the, hey, I'm a contractor. Let me look around your house bit, which she obliges. Wild. Depression, fake happy, masturbating with a handgun, all normal. Letting a random man in your house? Crazy. Crazy. What were you thinking? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, who hasn't had a gun in their junk, but letting a stranger into your house? No, thanks. They kind of have a flirty thing going on. A little bit of a flirty thing going on. I think Amy would have let him smash if he wanted to. Probably. Yeah, I agree with that, especially after being almost climax with her gunplay before yeah. this. She was She's raring to go. Up. Yep. But once they go to the garage and Danny figures out that she was the Mercedes driver and not her husband, he asks to use her restroom. Not after they do have a few moments of bonding where they talk about the things that annoy them about life and, yep. and stuff. So they are like very much also getting along and from a mental standpoint. Yep. Yeah. These two. Well. They could end up being lovers with how the season ends, but... Even if they don't end up being lovers, I think it's just like they could have helped each other by just being there for one another. Yep. But because it all started with the beef, instead it takes a a different turn. 
Yeah. But still could end up in the same same it could still end up good. It could still That's end up true. Good. We see the aftermath of the best of the bathroom as Danny runs out and there's piss everywhere on the mats, the floor, probably the ceiling. Maybe he packed his tree harness. We don't know. He must not have peed for three days. He needs to drink more water. That shit was Yep, yellow. very yellow. Agreed. It's all the Burger King sodas <laughs> he's drinking. And also did you see the absolute precision of the pee perfectly around the the edge of the toilet, but not in the yep. toilet? Yep. Which is like miraculous. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. It's almost like he peed in a jar and then slowly poured it out. <laughs> Trickle it out, yeah. <laughs> the reason by Hoopastank starts playing. Boo. Woo. And Amy chases after Danny outside in slow-mo. It's excellent. Danny looks genuinely happy just very very happy (laughs) and as he drives off amy gets his plates and even she cracks a smile true happiness isn't easy true happiness is a game and they both have a game to play now with each other and i think that makes them happy yes words to live by true happiness is a game yeah Yep, it is. Apparently. Also, serendipitously, we were once guests on the podcast One Hit Thunder to talk about The Reason by Hoopastake. I know. I think I said it was a song for poor people to get married to, if I recall, something like that. But either way, go check that out if you're feeling frisky. But uh, phenomenal first episode. Big fan. Yeah, the the first episode was uh, was very good. Definitely pulls you in and, and you're immediately connected to these characters especially if you have mental issues but yeah i mean it's it's very good which if you're listening to this podcast you probably have mental issues you for sure have mental issues i'm sorry i I mean if no one's told you yet and you're unaware i'm sorry you have mental issues i hate to be the one to tell you but you got them but the important thing is what you can do is instead of trying to kill yourself with charcoal grills or rubbing a gun on your vagina, you could just join our Patreon and then be with a group of people who all have mental issues and you can be together and, and kind of be like Danny and Amy at the end rather than the beginning. What a plug, David. I love Isn't it. Isn't that beautiful? Patreon.com slash the center cut. Do it. All right. Episode 10, Figures of Light. We start off with a scene of two cars driving off the side of the road in the desert with some beautiful singing in the rain style music playing in the background. We find out later this is a desert outside LA, so they're not far, but and that's where this entire episode takes place. Then we watch two crows who have a conversation. Um, they're calling and we are getting the subtitles to the cause as if we can understand them. It's mainly about Amy and how she scared one of their uncles and he did a poo-poo and now she's the enemy of the crows. <laughs> They had the rocks from everything, everywhere, all at once vibes, and I'm here for it. I like this weird shit. I like yeah, this weird was, shit. It was weird. It was great, though. Then we get a title card. It comes in. It, really startling music just like really gets you, gets you fucking jazzed to, to have some desert fun. It's an image of a black man kneeled over bleeding rainbows. It's clear this episode is going to be just off the rails. Yup. Here we go. A very injured Danny emerges from the wreckage of a car. He sees a gun on the ground, and as he looks around to see if he can find Amy, he looks back to the gun, and she is standing there holding it. She has it pointed at him, is threatening to call the police. Don't know why. Presumably it's his fault they drove off the road. I don't know. 
She then gets attacked by the poo poo crow mob that we just met, uh, which is great. So it gives Danny an opportunity to run away. She gives chase and then he he comes up with the genius plan of hiding so that when she comes up, he just shoves her down a very long hill like that scene from princess bride where they're just like tumbling down the hill for 20 years it was a long hill that she rolled down not fun i loved the why'd you make me do that after he pushed her down the hill (laughs) this has escalated so much that both of them are in these situations where they don't want to be but it's just like this this is what where we are now but they both feel bad about it but also so it's like this constant like push and pull of are we enemies or are we going to help each other and be friends? It's it's pretty funny. Yeah, but even still, like you have all this external stimuli every day, and it pushes you down these paths where it feels like you don't have a choice, but you always still have a choice. Like the consequences may have wider ranges if you if you do what feels like it's not a choice. But like he didn't have to push her down the hill. No, he might have he, he, he might have died if he didn't. Because yeah. she would have shot her, but like he's still, it's still a choice. Yeah, it's, it's, still, it's still a choice. choice. He still made a choice. But there is, I, I feel like all of us have had an instance in our lives where we've had to do something where we wish we could have just yelled at, "Why did you make me do that?" <laughs> true, it's true. So and he's just like embodying that feeling. Yeah, but um, he also the crow is attacking her. He did say in episode one that the crows loved him. Crow karma. Yeah. Crow karma. And she apparently became an enemy of the crows, and they yep. made the uncle poo poo. Got to befriend the birds. Yep. Well, Danny stumbles around the desert for a while until morning, essentially. There's no phone service out here, we learn. As morning comes to, Amy also uh, awakens. Uh, Her ankle is pretty fucked. Yep. She tries to send a text to George saying, you know, Danny ran me off the road. I don't know where I am. I'm lost. Help, please. But again, no service. So she starts kind of just hobbling around trying to figure out what to do. They eventually find each other when Danny lets out just a, a big fart and she's like, what the fuck, man? Uh, and then <laughs> that part just like really caught me off guard. They argue a bunch, but eventually end up helping one another. Amy complains she may never see June again because of Danny. Danny complains that his brother might be dead because of Amy. So a lot's going on. A lot happened. But Amy seems pretty surprised and upset to hear that Paul might be dead. So interesting yep so we then cut to he is carrying her now on his back they're still bickering even though he's carrying her through the desert they end up getting in some argument oh it's because of the skittles he (laughs) she's like do you have any food and he's like yeah i have some and he pulls the skittles out of his pocket and then he pours them all out into his hand like he's gonna give them to her that just eats them all uh and she gets real mad i laughed out loud when he ate the skittles yeah it must be exactly no, I, in that moment, I felt exactly like Amy did, like when my friend Joe never gave Skittles to me after jumping off the stage and breaking my ankle. I'm not going to rehash the whole story, but go listen to our Uncut Gems episode if you're curious. Yeah, I just called that an old episode. Uh, but no, it was just so it was so hilarious. It was good. You didn't have to do a little cheer. <laughs> is that what you need to avoid? Mental instability is just like constant self-recognition. Yep. Self-recognition. All right. All right, yep. It's fine. Whatever you need That's to do. I do. You eat Burger King? I self-recognize. I don't eat Burger King. Burger King sucks. It's the worst of the fast foods. Someone come at me, bro. Burger King is the worst. I would eat any other fast food before Burger King. Okay. That's what I got to say about that. <laughs> they are stumbling through the woods arguing about not knowing where the fuck they're going. They have the Skittle argument. They end up getting into a tussle. Amy just gets thrown to the ground off of, off of Danny's back. They find the gun, which means that they were definitely walking in circles. 
but also they both scramble for it. Like they were just kind of sort of getting along. And then all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, gun, let's kill each other again. (laughs) And they both go scrambling for it. Amy ends up putting Danny into like an arm lock and fucking snapping his arm. Like he heard the snap and then he screams, just snaps it. So now they're stranded. He's like, well, good job. Now I can't fucking carry you out of the woods. So guess we're both going to die out here. She does send Danny off to find some plants to eat because she's apparently the plant expert. And we learned that it's just her Googling most things, but same. No one's an expert in anything anymore. You nope. just Google what you need to know. Yep. It's fine. You say like, oh, please excuse me. I need to go use the restroom. And then you're just furiously Googling to try and figure out how to not sound dumb. But he does go out and find some stuff. He's like, is this, is this it? Is this it? And finally, finally, apparently they find some. So he brings it back and she's confident that they can eat these. I think she calls them elderberries. So they they both uh, mount down on these and they're starting to kind of more or less get along a little and just like helping each other not die. And then we just immediately cut to the both of them throwing up uncontrollably. <laughs> and it's gross and terrible. And I hate when shows actually show you the act of people throwing up because mm-hmm. it not a fan you see piles of it later too yeah oh that shot was good though (laughs) i don't need to see like the yellow shit all around their faces it's gross yeah this kind of gets intense from here so it gets hard to really know what's going on because the two of them are having hallucinations they're on some kind of bad trip from whatever they ate it's not really easy to tell what is actually happening and what is like a figment of their imaginations There's a lot of weird transitions and stuff like that, but we see some stuff, we hear some stuff, so I'm just going to kind of list all the things that happen here. So first they talk about how Asians are lactose intolerant. Danny tells us that he bought the hibachi girls to try and kill himself, which we knew, but he's admitting that to Amy now too. They throw up some more. Danny hears some voices. They discuss how parents just pass their trauma down to their kids. Yep. Danny thinks someone is coming but it turns out it's just amy he just like blacked out for a few minutes and turned and it's amy walking in the woods she's like what and then we more throw up we learned danny's brother slept with amy yeah spicy and he's a really rough lover in the best way possible her words not mine (laughs) then we get into the mental health stuff they they kind of start to bond over a lot of what they've what they've dealt with Amy's never felt at home with George and kind of even with June, too. She thought June was the answer to her mental problems, but it turns out that was just a, a kind of a fleeting feeling now that June's love is conditional as she's getting older. Yeah, but just one of the one of the most realist quotes I've ever ingested. Uh, Amy says, a baby with mobility and strength is just a serial killer. That's Danny that says that. Oh, Danny says but that. Yes, yeah. it's very good. Frank would easily murder me if he could work a knife without slicing himself first. 100%. Yep. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, it's amazing. There's more throw up. Danny is Amy now, and Amy is Danny. (laughs) They're talking like they are each other. I'm very confused. But then they both end up telling the same story. Like, Danny is thinking it, and we can hear the thoughts and him narrating it. But Amy is saying it, and we can see her mouth moving. But it is a story about Danny and his childhood and about how he almost killed his brother when they were younger for, like, being happy or some bullshit. Yeah, but them talking through each other was trippy and and cool. It was just it was a unique way to show that their shared depression made them more alike than anything else. Like, even though they're different people on the surface, like one's rich, one's poor, one's Korean, one's Chinese, one's a man, one's a woman. Like, they're still so very much the same. Agreed. So it was cool. Yes. We learned that Danny jerked it to a photo of Amy's butt, but that is 
Amy <laughs> saying it, saying it, yeah. and Danny asking about it. That is when I don't know. Then Danny rolls over and has a twenty-two tattooed on the 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 slut spot just above his ass. But I think this is still Amy that is living through Danny because of the book Catch Twenty Two. I guess that life is impossible because it's life. I, I mean, everyone kind of has a an idea of what Catch Twenty Two is, but a good example, if you don't, is if you try and apply for a job, it says that you need experience, but you can't get a job with like without the experience. So it's like the problem is impossible because the solution is inherently impossible due to the problem. Yep. So yeah, so that's why she has a 22 on, I, I forget what, what is that area tramp called? Tramp stamp. Yeah. I mean, it's like the tramp zone. I just don't know if there's a, like a lower back, I guess, a lower back tattoo. Yeah. But ultimately, they both kind of realize they're the same as we've also realized that as they've been talking through each other, they're just stumbling through life unhappy and alone. And then they both kind of think they're going to die. Yep. And I know I ran through that relatively quickly, but that whole section was probably about 20 minutes of this episode. Yep. And it's very good. There's a lot of good transitions. It's very good acting. It's funny, but also really eye-opening and moving the story and they're getting closer it's just very well written and well done a lot of great quotes very good when suddenly it's morning and both of them awaken surprised to be alive they are covered in branches which i don't know how the fuck that happened like it looked like the whole tree came down around them i don't know the crows just like covering them yep. in branches as crows. they slept they love danny but now they've they've kind of bonded they're working together to try and get out of the desert they kind of stumble through they're getting closer to la you can actually finally see the city eventually see some houses their phones work for a second and a bunch of messages pop in a bunch from george trying to figure out what the fuck's going on with amy we see a bunch on a uh, danny's phone as well people trying to figure out where the hell he's at importantly he realizes paul is not dead as he previously Hooray. thought so that's cool paul's not dead but then the service immediately goes back away so they can't really call anybody so they're walking walking through the desert they come up to a tunnel and they're walking through the tunnel and they're they're both on the same team now like danny is is helping amy walk along amy is saying i'm not gonna call the police on you anymore like i'm happy to help in any way i can you know i can help financially if you need it or whatever and danny's like no I'll figure it out it's fine like they're both just totally same page and then they they pause for a moment and George shows up, he screams for Amy, and she's like, is that George? And then he starts running to them, he screams at, at Danny really quick to leave her alone, pulls out a gun and shoots him. Dick! <sighs> Dick move! So obviously we don't know what happened in the middle. True. And I do know that the last text that Amy said was, Danny drove me off of the road in the desert, I don't know where I am and I'm lost. Mm-hmm. So the most recent information George has is that Danny is hostile and dangerous. So if that were my wife, I don't know that I would act much differently from that other than maybe taking a moment just to like understand the situation first. But I also feel like if you are worried that that person is a danger to your significant other and you have the opportunity to shoot them rather than giving them the opportunity to take your significant other hostage... I don't know that I would have acted any differently than George. I feel like I would have got closer and maybe asked a question. Hey, Amy, you all right? Yeah, <laughs> I, but yes, but also I just feel like it, depending on what happened in the middle and how hostile this all got, if that split second is the difference between you having a shot to be able to protect your wife and him getting to get her into a position where you can't protect her, 
then Here, here's the other thing it's not even as what aren't they like estranged well, it seems like they are probably going through a divorce so One i would have just shot amy like my lawyer's gonna be reaching out for me <laughs> yeah. i'd shoot amy yeah that makes sense i mean <laughs> that tracks yeah <laughs> but anyway oh uh, yeah yeah well we do cut from here to the hospital danny is barely alive but alive and Amy is there as the camera pans up. We see Amy is sitting next to him in the hospital. And then she gets up onto the bed and just lays there with him, kind of snuggling. Mayonnaise by the Smashing Pumpkins takes us out as the camera pans away from them. And multiple days pass in this hospital bed. We see the sun go up and down and up and down. As we're getting further and further away and the episode is coming to an end, the last thing we see is them laying there and Danny raising his arm to clutch the back of Amy and caress her and hold her tight. And scene. And there's like rainbow lights going while they're in the bed yeah. too. And uh, rainbow bed, Skittles. Amy was finally able to taste the rainbow after all. Brilliant. It was just a show written by Big Skittle. Big Skittle. I'm big Skittles after it. I, I No matter how hard you fight, no, no matter how depressed you are, even if you're out throwing up Skittles in the desert, like there mm-hmm. is a way forward. You can end up hugging your enemy in a rainbow bed. Like you just got to be patient sometimes. Good shit can happen. Yeah, that's true. I guess <laughs> after a after a lot of bad shit. Yeah, like that's I mean, that's the that's the challenging part. Is I think for depression, there are some forms of depression where you get to a point where you assume that there is there is no happy. That it's impossible. There yeah. there isn't anything happy. But I feel like most people are operating on depression of just like a. I know that some happy things happen. It's just that the bad things happen far more often and are far more obnoxious than the good things that happen in between. And I think that's that. I mean, that's what has been challenging for them. But, you know, they were able to push through. But it's difficult. Yeah. But look how happy they are. I mean, he's barely alive and they're laying in a bed. Like, (laughs) it sounds like her career has destroyed his relationship with his brother is a nightmare. He thought he was dead for a while. And good news is he isn't. It sounds from our questions. It sounds like there was some illegal things happening. Like they're happy like in this temporary small moment they are happy wow way to be a downer david i mean it's just like uh, okay danny gets out of i uh, gets like out of the bed and then it's like okay the cops are here to take you to jail and <laughs> amy lost custody of her daughter because she spent the last two months uh in a feud with a dude that like almost backed into her at the grocery store and now she has to live the life the rest of her life without her daughter and like danny's in jail but at least i got to lay in the bed for 15 minutes <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, I I thought it was a happy ending, but (laughs) what do I know? I don't know about happy ending. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, of the episode, I guess it was the happiest moment. Yeah. And I don't know if this, maybe this is just coincidence, but the closing song in episode one was Hoopastank, and now we have Smashing Pumpkins here. Both of them have Japanese American band members. Yeah. I wish I knew less about Hoopastank, trust me, but I I think that's kind of cool. I bet bet you it was on purpose. Just seems like we're all going in the same direction. What? It's a Hoopastank quote. Oh. <laughs> got him. Got him, guys. I got him. Wow. Okay. And that was beef. Before we get to the rest of the meat of the episode, I think it's time for a sexy, sexy center commercial. Today's episode is brought to you by Love Shop Toys. Listeners, it's about to get real sexy in here. Mm-mm-mm. So if the kids are awake and listening, plug their ears. If your husband is home, 
Go send them to take out the garbage. Fellas, you're going to want to stock up on pocket pussies for yourself and all the things for the special person in your life. Love Shop has something for everyone, and this is a great way to support our podcast. Shipping is discreet with your order arriving in two to four days all across North America. Canadians, that means you too. You're in North America too. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about the mail person lugging around a box with a giant horse cock on the side of it and cramming it into your mailbox while your noisy neighbor watches. You know how I feel about neighbors watching me do things. Go back inside, Claire. So you can be a, a lady in the streets and a freak in your house. That's how that saying goes, right? Did I mention that they offer free shipping on all orders over $69? Michael, that's a match made in heaven. Love Shop is passionate about destigmatizing and normalizing sex in the conversation around it. Just like me. That's why I was so excited to partner with them. And they've been around for over 20 years. So this isn't some fly-by-night dildo company. They are old enough to do it with a middle-aged man like myself and not go to prison. That is important. It's important. And just like me, their slogan is life is too short for bad sex. So head to loveshoptoys.com slash centercut and enter code centercut. That's all caps, C-E-N-T-E-R-C-U-T to save 20% off almost all regular priced products. Again, get free two to four day discreet shipping on all orders over $69. Nice. On a huge variety of high quality toys, lubes, dolls, even sex machines, goddammit. Loveshoptoys.com slash centercut and enter the code centercut for 20% off almost everything. Hell yes. And if you don't want to buy sex toys but want to send us questions or feedback, you can send it to thecentercutcast at gmail.com. Yeah, or you can go watch our TikToks or head over to Instagram and see some of our posts. And honestly, more than likely, that's going to send you over to buy sex toys anyways. Like, I get it. Yep. We're pretty sexy. Thank you. Mm, thanks. All right, David, we have so many questions from Reddit. Uh, we pared so it down to some of the best ones. Mm. We are excited to answer some middle of beef questions. I have a question for you first. Yes. Do you think there should be a season two of this? Should there be? Maybe. Will there be? Maybe. Do I hope there is? Yes. Yeah, it's an interesting. <laughs> that's a cool answer. But yeah, I, there's definitely some controversy of whether or not there should be a season two. And they haven't announced one yet. And. Yeah. This is just kind of well buttoned up as a season, like a limited I think, series, yeah. from what we could see that I don't know if a, if a season two would, I, I mean, it would, it's great. It's great entertainment and it's fun to watch. So I could definitely see people wanting to watch more of it. It might, it might detract from it if there's more. Who we'll knows? see. We, we shall see. see. First question comes to us from Matt Chewy 43. And it was also asked by Wind Kirby, whose death was the most shocking? Um, so definitely George's mom, but mainly because like, I was just shocked at how happy I was about it. So the only named characters we don't see or hear of in the finale are Jordan, the four stars boss bitch or George's frumpy old mama and frumpy old mamas die. It's what they do. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna say Jordan and there goes the Koya house buyout. Amy did indeed fuck it up by Jordan dying. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. It's my answer. All right, our next question, or next set of questions, comes from Wind Kirby. What happened to Danny's parents' house? I think that Amy ends up buying the land just to screw Danny out of it. And then she just does something like stupid, like she buys a bunch of goats or something to shit all over it, just to really rub it in. 
It's my land and goats poop on it. Yep. God, I hated that. <laughs> um, so interesting. So you think that he's able to get them a house and then something happens to it? No. I th- I'm saying Amy buys the land where the house was going to be before he can. But that's not what happened to their house. Yeah, their their what happened to house. the dream of their dream of their house? <laughs> their dream house, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Um I think this is talk about their original house and I think it was seized by the bank when they couldn't make any more payments because their motel was taken away. Nah, it's boring. I bet I'm right. But maybe. I mean, it's a the figment of imagination house. I I don't think this question was what happens to the, their parents' mind house, their mind <laughs> palace. Uh, next question from Wynn Kirby. What song did the rice cookers play to signify they were the important ones? Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Just because I couldn't think of anything else. What a great, great question. I can't wait to watch the middle of this thing. Mm, yeah, this is an interesting one. I think I have a theory about the rice cookers. Okay. There's another question later, so you can share then. Um, mm. My answer for what song they play is I'm Real by J-Lo featuring Ja Rule. What's my motherfucking name? Are you Ellie? I don't know why. I just think that's what they do. I think that's what it is. R-I-C. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. They say R-I-C. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. All right. Our next question. King of the Yellow House. Who is happy? I think George is the only person in the show who's happy. Disagree. And he's the goofiest, dumbest, wackest ass fool going. I think that you have to be dumb to be happy. because. As soon as you are smart enough to understand understand people and how selfish they are and how the world is this ecosystem that's trying to just constantly pound you in the butt, being cynical and depressed is the only way to live. And I think he's too dumb to realize that. So <laughs> oh, that's okay. why and, and I was the negative Nancy at the end of the episode? I don't think so. No, happiness is a choice. I mean, period, end of story. If you choose to be happy, then you can be happy. You, it's just what how you allow your internal self-talk drive the negativity around your life. Anyone can be happy, but in the instance of who is happy in this show, no one. Wow, that's deep. Mm-hmm. Next question from King of the Yellow House. Who is metaphorically caged and who is free? I think this is a conversation between Amy and Danny, more of an argument between Amy and Danny. And I think that Amy thinks that she is metaphorically caged in the in the situation in which she is with having a husband and a child and a business to take care of, whereas she believes Danny is free because he doesn't have those same things that are tying him down. 100% agree. That's exact, almost word for word exactly what I said. Like She lives in this fancy house and drives this luxury car, and now she's stuck in this like hamster wheel where she has to keep doing it, and Danny doesn't. Which he can be free but i also think that's just that's just an excuse rich people have for why they get to be rich and poor people don't uh so i will take my rich cage please <laughs> i mean if i uh, so this show teaches us that you can be depressed and sad and lonely rich and you can be depressed sad and lonely poor i mean i guess i'll take the doing it rich <laughs> right <laughs> exactly yeah but I'm yeah i agree that. totally agree all right our next question comes from emotional snail what does Amy do with the gun in the safe? She rubs it in and around her vagina sexily. We see this in the first episode, Snail Person. Rubbing on her genitals. Her genitals. What? Rubbing on her genitals. Her genitalia. Emotional Snail also asks, what is the relationship between Amy and Danny's brother, Paul? I think it's purely physical. She likes how it brings her out of her normal revolving life that is just this constant cycle. 
and this broke that cycle by having a physical relationship with Paul. And I also think that the feud with Danny also pulled her out of that cycle, which is why she was so into it in the beginning and even smiled at the end of the episode. But I think it's just a purely physical thing. She rubs him in and around her vagina sexily. We hear about this in the finale, Snell person. Rubs him on her genitals. Her genitals. <laughs> what rubs him on her genitals? A genitalia. What is the relationship between Danny and Amy's husband, George? He rubs him at... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he rubs him on his genitals. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> George doesn't like the other dudes talking to his little Amy. He's one of those yeah. like overprotective hubbies. Yes. And he literally sees Danny for like two seconds before he shoots him at the end. So I think there's some clear. <laughs> that's the, that's there. actually that's the first time you met him. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I started blasting. So, yeah, I mean, I saw my wife without her band just started fucking blasting. Yeah, I think that it's just pure hatred. I think that the even though it's not really like Danny's fault that they're i mean it is his fault but it's also amy's fault that they're feuding but i think in george's eyes he sees it as danny's fault for pulling amy outside of their little bubble of a life yep next question from emotional snail what is the significance of the patch of ground that the camera focuses on yeah i mean it's just like the space between (laughs) probably i think is what it is i think it's uh, a quote from i think it's amy who says it about happiness empty but solid empty but solid that's that's she's saying it's impossible to be happy yeah the the negative space between them is empty but it's also the ground they're grounded and that's solid so empty but solid yeah so just like the space between i guess yeah i mean yeah Yep. yep our last question from emotional snail how would the show be different if it was mostly white cast instead well, they'd probably have different last names, for one. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Danny, I don't think... I, Danny wouldn't give a flying fuck about helping his parents. Like, white people hate their parents because white people parents try to remove pain from their kids, and then their kids resent them when they're older. Immigrant parents teach their kids that life is pain from a young age, and then they just understand life and appreciate their parents for not sugarcoating it. So I think I think Danny would not give a fuck. But it would also just be a boring show. Like, we have enough shows about white people being unhappy. <laughs> Yes, we have plenty of those. That's all shows. Go watch Riverdale. (laughs) So, yeah, I think like they just both would have gone to therapy and been fine. (laughs) That would have been it would have been one episode and it would have just been them in therapy. No, I do think you're you're absolutely right. I I think the show does a very good job of of painting uh, a picture of how differently Asian Americans and really anyone of any kind of Asian heritage view mental health. And I think that in both of these instances, they both felt like the only solution was to internalize it, not show any weakness. Yep. Don't ask for help. They both felt so alone at the end, and it's because they never asked anyone to be around them. They thought that they had to do this on their own period of story, and that's part of that that culture. And so I do think that this show does a good job of painting how difficult it is to deal with those types of situations and these types of thoughts and experiences when everything you've ever learned has told you that you're weak for feeling them and you shouldn't. Yep. I had to do a mental health show. It's going to get me all serious up in here. <laughs> Next question from Anonymous Platypus. No, from Anonymous Platypus 5. How are Koreans and Italians alike? Maybe stubbornness and just that they feel like they can fix everything on their own and they refuse to ever uh, even allow help like you won't even let me hold the door open for you (laughs) right i mean 
Yeah, but that's right. completely accurate. Like, like you feel like anyone doing anything for you shows weakness in yourself. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. Sad way to live, bro. Uh, my answer is that we both like noodles and people make fun of the way we talk. Lock it in. All right. <laughs> Very different approaches. <laughs> Our next question from here is no end. What did you make of the witch's random appearances? Here's the thing. I can get behind supernatural shit if it's not hokey. Talking crows, cool. People bending magic berries, here for it. But if there's some magic witch doctor out here, like pulling Amy and Danny yeah, together with some voodoo magnet, then I hate that. I'm gonna like, hate dumb, that dumb, a dumb. lot if that's in there. Yeah. So maybe it's not a witch. Maybe it's just like like a mega goth that rides the bus with them one day or something. Do you I think hope. they're just talking about George's mom? <laughs> I just realized maybe, that. Maybe. Maybe, maybe they just the consider her a witch, and every time she comes in, she's just an absolute troll, and everyone <laughs> fucking hates her. If that's the case, then a lot of hatred and even more yeah. hatred for George for not standing up to her and telling his mom where to shove it when, he's, when she's being terrible to his wife. Into it. Rainy Pathgoat asks, where did Danny get the money for his parents' house? Oh, never mind. Seems like he may have bought a house. Maybe it wasn't a dream house after all. Um, illegal shit for sure with his cousin. Yeah, I, I also said some sort of illegal scheme. Like the time in the early 2000s where my dad made an embossing tool and bought a bunch of football cards and stamped them all to be one of ones and then sold them on eBay until he got cease and desist letters from all the major brands like Tops and Donruss. Wow. Or when he bought a jewelry loop so he could paint colored eyes on Beanie Babies to make them seem more rare. <laughs> Your dad is a fucking criminal. <laughs> My dad's got all the schemes, man. They never work, but he's got them all right. He's on Amazon selling fucking seatbelt <laughs> trickers. Look out for him. He's there. Watch out. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like it's illegal stuff. I think I actually think it's drugs. It's like drug running. Possibly. But our next question from Rainy Pathgoat: Why did Amy and George's daughter get kidnapped? I don't know how detailed we need to get, but it feels pretty obvious that it's ransom, right? Like you only kidnap a kid for one of three reasons. Ransom money, you like to have sex with kids, or you lost custody because you're a loser, but you have to take them across state lines. And I don't picture Danny or Paul as the kid banging type, so I think it's going to be ransom. Interesting. I think that Danny and Paul got involved in some shady shit with their cousin, and they actually were trying to steal for some from some really bad dudes. The bad dudes were trying to get back their money or drugs or whatever it was saw Paul go to Amy's house for a romantic tryst and thought that they were his family. Wow. And they abducted June because they thought they could use her as leverage to get Paul to give back what they stole. Creative, and I don't hate it. I could see it being somehow tied to both sides. Yeah. Unless do you think that Danny just abducted June to get money to pay for his parents' house? Could be that. Could, could be also that. be that. I don't know. Next question from Rainy Path Goat. Why did Danny's brother block his number? Because he added more money to his crypto account and then tanked it. And also, he just constantly treats him like a child. <laughs> I said that he didn't want to get calls from Danny while he was dipping his pistol in Amy's holster. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nice. Our next question from Rainy Path Goat. What was in the rice cookers? Whopper, 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 whopper. Danny's got BK. He eats it all day. You got you to keep them fries from getting soggy, my dude. Keeps BK in the rice cookers. Wild. <laughs> Just wild. <laughs> I think this is how they were able to steal the drugs, is that 
this Ooh. is a this is drug a drug running operation Ooh. and there are certain rice cookers that have a special sound that have drugs in them somehow and that's what where you pull in like the look for the right rice cookers to play a specific song to signify the important ones the important wow. ones drugs wow david i kind of love that i think you figured it out i think i did too who was held as a hostage i don't think hostage is the same thing as kidnapping would you agree with me? Especially since we were asked by the same person, I'd imagine this isn't just June because she got kidnapped. Yes. Do you agree with that? I do, yes. All right, then I think it's Amy. I think she trades herself for June, and now she's a hostage. I don't hate that. That makes sense. But I think it's June. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> Our next question from Jenny C's says, Jenny says, what is George's initial theory as to why Danny pissed on the bathroom floor? To mark his territory, because George thinks that Danny and Amy bumped uglies. If a man with a pickup truck is in your house with just your wife home, he's either painting, putting in floors, or rubbing the walls. Vaginal walls. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> the worst oh man part of me thinks that because this was so early on that this is still overly positive confident george in which case i think he thinks that maybe he had like a urinary tract infection or something and like couldn't control his urine or something like he comes up with an excuse as to why it would have happened that was just like trying to take the blame off of danny for some reason He's trying to see the good in everyone type of person. Wow. So we thought like the opposite, basically. Next question from A Foolish Heart. What song did Danny sing at church? Uh, who let the dogs out? <laughs> <laughs> so, th so that the drug people know that that's what they need to hear. He was announcing what song was important for them to pay attention gotcha. to. Gotcha. Correct. No, he actually, he actually sang I Would Walk fi uh, 500 Miles. He, he sang 500 Miles. And I would smile 500 miles. Yeah, okay. Can I interest you in some chumba bawamba? A chumba bawamba, I get knocked out. No, he even does the oh, Danny boy because that's him. <laughs> oh, that's yep. yep. That's a, that's <laughs> that's an interesting answer. Creative, sir. Probably <laughs> wrong, but you. creative. Well done. Our next set of questions come from seven four seven two nine one zero eight six two nine nine. Who are the objectively good slash ethical characters in this show, if any? And what makes them morally sound? June. Only June. Even the cashier at Forster's was a dick. And I think she's only morally sound because she hasn't had a chance not to be yet. Like, once she's old enough, she'll probably be morally ambiguous also. It's the way of the world. Like, if anybody tries to tell you that they are squeaky clean, you should burn them with fire. Humans aren't robots. There's so much gray, which... I guess a lot of robots are robots are gray. Most so. robots are pretty gray. <laughs> so that doesn't mean, but no, you, you know what I mean? Like adults are bound to do things that aren't always a hundred percent on the up and up, but this is a one ish hour comedy podcast about a TV show. We don't have the time to get in some big ethical debate. So, uh, moving on, but we all kind of constantly want to scream. Why did you make me do that? <laughs> but we can't. So I think June is one of them. I think Paul is the other. Here's my reasoning. I think that the idea of their age, I think you're right. I think the show is trying to kind of explain that as you get older and you mature, you also learn that the world 
sucks and it's challenging and obnoxious and like as kids we always want to like grow we want to grow up and then as soon as you grow up you're like why the fuck would i ever want this this is the worst thing so but i think paul is on the later end of that but i do think that paul is genuinely just trying to do his own thing and like everyone just gives him shit for it all the time and i bet that there's even there's even a part where like amy tries to seduce him and he like really doesn't want to do it because she's still in a relationship with her husband and she like has to like talk him into it yeah but end of the day he's still having sex with a married woman so he is not morally 100 percent unclean but anyway no, i i mean i agree with that i don't think he's i don't think june's morally unclean either she's probably like pooped on the floor at least once <laughs> okay anyway moving on is george a good husband nah i think that he's really trying hard to be a good husband but when push comes to shove and your mom is being an absolute asshole to your wife say something nip that shit in the bud agreed and also, a good husband would meet Amy where she's at instead of just putting up a bunch of guardrails and acting like her protector. Is it a partnership or are you are you her legal guardian? Like, take off your goofy biker hat and stop making those ugly ass vases, George. If a grown man ever told me to write in my gratitude journal because I had road rage, I'd kick him into a pond. Okay, but if that was something that you learned long ago in therapy and it helped you in the past and he's trying to just say like, hey, we have the tools like we know what to do when you're feeling these types of feelings maybe we should try that i mean let her finish the sentence first yeah i mean he doesn't want to let her spiral i i am guilty of the spiraling emily asked me what's wrong and like before i know it it's a nightmare yeah but we both agree he's a bad husband one way or the other i think i think <laughs> yeah i mean he's being a bad husband because of his mom stuff i do think that he's he's genuinely trying to be a good husband in every other aspect whatever he's not good no matter what so at least we agree there <laughs> kind of all right last question all right, our last question, um, and this last one again from the seven four seven two nine one zero eight six two nine nine. Does the show do a good job of dispelling the notion that Asian Americans are a monolith? What subtleties did you notice about how characters of different Asian heritage regarded each other? <sighs> it's a lot for a comedy TV show podcast. Yeah, man, it's too, it's too deep. It's too deep. Seven four seven two nine one zero eight six two nine nine. I actually think yes, and I'll be vulnerable here. I have a hard time just by looking at or hearing an Asian American talk to determine specifically what their heritage is, like what country they come from. 100%. Like, I, like if this show didn't explain what the heritage of these characters were in different ways, I wouldn't know. Like, I wouldn't have been able to tell. But that's not just for Asian Americans. Like, if somebody is from Western Europe, same shit. Or even if some of, like, some of the U.S. Like, you put somebody from Maine and somebody from Oregon in the same room, how the fuck am I supposed to know the difference? Yeah, no, you're not. That being said, so here we have we have Korean, we have Japanese, and I think Amy's Chinese. It's not explicitly said in our ends. So we have those three. And it seemed like the Korean and Japanese characters had more regard for their elders where amy didn't give two shits about what her mother-in-law was saying well because her mother-in-law is a fucking asshole well sure but still like there's some cultures you regard your elders no matter no matter what this and is true she clearly did not it's a good point and then when danny saw that george was japanese from the pictures in the first episode he immediately commented on it like oh i can take his japanese bike riding ass any day of the week yeah that's really all we got from the ends though we didn't really see much else in terms of like, oh, this is this definitely makes him Korean or, or her Japanese. 
but it was it was interesting that the show chose to have multiple cultures of Asian Americans rather than just like all of one culture. And I don't really think I've seen that before on TV, and I appreciated yeah. it. Big stupid whites like me need to see more so we can learn. So yeah, and you. I think I, I I think that it is it is even good that in the show they also kind of pointed them out, but not in a overly obvious way so that we can kind of like we can see that there are different heritages and different different cultures uh, that we're talking about if i'm under to understand the first part of this question monolith would kind of make an assumption that it's all the same all americans see asian americans as the same even though right they are many it's just all one yeah yeah yeah. in that case yeah I, i think it does a good job of dispelling that i mean it's obviously like outlining their different characters in this show and they they all have different mental issues but also, the issues that they have are the same as the issues that we have. I have mental issues. I'm just a white dude. Danny, a, a Korean, a young Korean guy, has the same mental issues uh, and the same stuff that he's dealing with. So I, I think that it does do a good job of just like, one, is that all these cultures aren't the same. These are all different and, and they all kind of grew up differently, but also kind of showing us that like, we're all dealing with the same shit, man. Yep. And... I mean, I think the whole moral of this whole show is like at the end when they figured out, I just thought I was alone and it turns out I'm not. And if I just give in to that experience of not being alone and realizing that other people are dealing with the same shit that I'm dealing with, then I could start to create lasting bonds that will help me manage the shit I'm dealing with. Yep. hundred percent. We didn't watch the middle. We still understand it all. All of it. Definitely. It's definitely who let the dogs out on the ice because I'm 100% certain of that. <laughs> yes, but we have answered questions about the middle. We've talked a lot about the show because I think we like it. Spoiler alert. Now we'll, we're really going to get into it. For sure. Here for is sure. our center counts. All right. I'm going to give this a six out of seven. And honestly, the only reason I don't give it a seven out of seven is because it's a little close to home in terms of the anxiety and uh, depression and the fact that I'm an Asian American. <laughs> It's a little difficult to watch in that aspect because uh, it it's hard not to draw immediate ties to the the things that you're dealing with and the shortcomings that you have as a person. So that that made it difficult to watch, but other than that, the show is phenomenal. It's very good. The acting is amazing. The writing is amazing. The cinematography was great. Some like the cool. I know that they are supposed to be tripping balls, but it's not just like a typical tripping balls scene of like that last episode. Like it's just very well done. You really see a lot of kind of realness in a lot of the characters that we spoke that we saw and spoke to. So, yeah, I I mean, other than the fact that this just can be challenging for me to watch in that aspect, I, I mean, the show's perfect yeah i'm with you i also went six out of seven i i thoroughly enjoyed it and i 100 percent will be watching the middle can guarantee Agreed. that like it's funny it's dark the characters are interesting it's it's a unique setup there's cool art with the episode title cards mm-hmm. the dialogue's great it's about human connection and depression steven and ali are great together and apart it's just yeah. good i only didn't go seven because a hoobastake Oh, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. You're the worst. You are the reason. You're the reason. (laughs) The reason is me. The reason is you. (laughs) Uh, And B, I am all LA'd out. I hate that 50% of shows and movies take place in LA. So many shows take place in LA. I'm sick of seeing it. We have the whole globe, yet every director and writer is like, hmm, let's just eat where we shit. Cut it out. Yeah. Cut it out. 
Like, oh, but that way we don't have to like go anywhere for these like sweeping shots. We're all just like here. Yeah. But yeah, this could have been in any major city and it would have still been good, really good. Yeah. That was a detractor for me, but still six out of seven. Very, very good. Awesome show, Netflix. This is why I still love Netflix. Yeah. Now I'm going to just start binging Love is Blind for season four. <laughs> But David, that is enough of beef for now. What do we have coming up for now? But we do have a center chat coming up for our patrons. So if you want all of your mental issues to go away, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash the center cut. And you can just get a center chat of just us listing different beefs that we have. Yep. With people with maybe with each other. Well, <laughs> no, we'll see. No. I'm not giving up on the Doritos aren't dessert thing, so (laughs) this might just be a center chat of our Doritos dessert. Excited to talk beefs with you, David. And then? And then we actually have, for our normal listeners, or for our just our rego listeners, you're going to be getting a Ask Me Anything that we actually did specially for our patrons, and we enjoyed it so much, though you'll be getting that next uh, in, in two weeks, next episode. Yes, uh, and then well, the week right after that, we'll have a main episode, but you're going to have to wait to hear what that is all about. Yeah, it's going to be a secret. It's a secret. Unless you're a patron. Unless you're a patron, then you'll then know. you there earlier. Yeah. So, just say it. Loser. I just don't understand why you wouldn't pay $5 to get all, rid of all your mental issues. I wish I could join the Patreon, but it's like I do it, so I can't join it. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, but thank you for being here. Appreciate you spending the time listening to us. Mm, yes, we love you, and we love the show. So thank you if, you if you came here because you enjoy the show, too. Thanks for stopping by, and go check out some other episodes. Like the time between throw-ups, it's always better in the center.